0: Hey, hey there, business owner. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Evolution Podcast. This is our weekly episode, and I'm so happy you are here. Let's get started. Hey there, entrepreneur. This is your host, Annette Walter, and I'm so excited to share this week's interview with you. I'm joined by Rebecca Tafe. She is the CEO, creative entrepreneur, problem solver, and dreamer behind Red Start Creative. Red Start is a branding and digital marketing company building and supporting brands for small businesses and nonprofits in the educational, environmental, and family service space. She is a genuine, real, and just amazing person. You are going to enjoy this conversation. You're going to walk away feeling motivated, feeling inspired, feeling like you've gained a lot of solid nuggets of information, and make sure you check... The show notes, because she drops a lot of really good information, and I made sure that I linked everything below for you in case you wanted to access these resources or learn more about them. I hope you're having a great day, entrepreneur, and keep evolving. I am so proud of you. Hello,
1: Rebecca, how are you? I'm good. Hi Annette. I'm super excited for today.
0: I'm so happy you're here. Today we are joined by Rebecca Tafe. She is the CEO of Red Start Creative, and she does everything that is related to marketing awesomeness, specifically for nonprofits, right? Is that a good recap?
1: Yes, we really focus, we really focus on branding and digital marketing for nonprofits. And then we do a small amount of small business clients, but just love, love serving nonprofits.
0: It's great, it's a great niche. So you and I met through, what was it? Um, was that the daily record um, circle of, what was it? Women? It something? was top 100 really? women. We were in line together. Right? <laughs> right. What was it? Top 100 women for Maryland, right? Because we're Maryland. And I just remember like, you're, like your hair always looks on point. I don't know how you do that. Okay. and It then took you-
1: me until 40 to figure that out. Okay. So let's uh, just put that, that out give there. me
0: any hope because I'm way past 40, but Okay. So, so, and then I would just remember you looking back at me like, we need to talk. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know who you are, but I like you already. (laughs) (laughs) So that was great. So obviously so many words under your belt and just a really, really amazing company with amazing people. So tell me, like, give us the backdrop here, paint the picture, catch us up to speed on this awesomeness that you have here.
1: How did I get here? Well, I love starting off by sharing my story by saying... I was never the kid entrepreneur with three businesses by the time I was 16, right? Mm-hmm. I was never the kid that was doing Now I was the oldest of four children. So okay. I knew how to delegate or be the boss from a very young age. So I definitely had that under my belt, but I was not the kid that said, Oh, I'm going to go do X, Y, Z. And so um, I did yearbook in high school and fell in love with like layout and design. So awesome opportunity um, became a graphic designer, became a creative director um, worked long time for a long time at two jobs. I was, you know, five plus years at two jobs. Hmm. I was not looking to start my own thing. but what I realized in retrospect is I'm a problem solver. So hmm. I had when I left my first job at five and a half years, I'd come in, I'd done a project, and I'd conquered it, and it was done, and I was ready for what was next. Hmm. And then I was creative director in my second position, and I organized the department, we learned new systems, we hired people, and it was all running really well. And I kept thinking in my head, what's next? Mm. And so being a problem solver is really good if you're going to be an entrepreneur, right? Like, you have to always be on your toes, you always have to be thinking, because things are always moving and evolving. And so I really saw a need for nonprofits and small businesses, particularly, that needed a resource of talent with graphic design and marketing that was not their cousin's friend's kid working on a non-professional software right i'm like nonprofits are moving mountains for people they are changing communities they are changing lives and they really need a resource so i really said all of a sudden i was like oh maybe this is what i'm supposed to do and this is where i'm supposed to be and so I went out in the middle of 2009, if people remember, it was a recession. Mm. I left my job by choice to start my business. Right. Um, but what was really unique about it was because I was willing to approach things from, you know, a very creative standpoint of combining, how can we combine your budget, your goals and your time frame to, and free resources, right. To make something work. Yes. I really got off the ground pretty quickly because people were like, oh, you get this, right? Like you want to figure out this flexibility. And so that was 11 years ago, which oh. is wild. I realized the other day, uh, more than half of my professional career, I've been running my own business.
0: How does it feel? That's amazing. Congratulations. 11, 11 years. Like we aren't, we're just 16, right? Like we're not that old. Right? I know. We already told our age. I think we already told our age. I
1: know. <laughs> I know it's wild. It's wild to sit and think about it. And one of the things I've learned is like, you've got to grasp and celebrate those milestones, right? This year's been hard for everybody. Everybody's varying degrees of difficulty, but you've got to stop and go, we've made it to 11 years, right? In the midst of all of this, and to stop and to pause. And I think entrepreneurs are so driven, right? We're always going, we hit our goal. Great. What's the next one? To stop and really celebrate those milestones and be grateful for them.
0: I think that that is just beyond important. And you're right. I'm so guilty of that too. You know, literally right now, my team we're downstairs, we're like submitting a big, big and that bid. And I'm always, I'm already like, okay, so what's next. Right. It's like what you said, what's next, what's next. And it's, is that just, you think that's innately in the CEO? Like, is that what we're supposed to do? Is that what we're conditioned to do? I don't know. It's
1: really interesting. And and one of the things very early on in my career in business coaching, I was able to come around and realize I'm a problem solver. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's why I got bored in these roles I was in, right? Because there was a problem. I solved it and it was running well. And my brain was looking for the next thing to help or the next thing to solve. Mm-hmm. And so I think in that way, my brain is wired the right way to be an entrepreneur and to mm-hmm. be a CEO because there's always going to be something, right? Things can be going really great, but you can problem solve or you can innovate and you can add a product line or a new service to your business, right? There's always opportunity to stretch your brain and to do that. And it was, for me, it was like, that's what I am. Like, it was really great to kind of put words to it and realize that's why I love running my own business. That's why I love going in when there's a client that's like, Okay, here's the deal. Nobody knows who we are, but we've been around for thirty years, right? And so I put on my thinking cap and I go, okay. Well, does your name work? What is your outreach? Do people understand what you're saying when you say it? And so um, I love being able to plug in in the business operation side of things, but also for clients and go, great. How can we approach this? And I think we all know being a problem solver and being adaptable is very good. To have this year.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And I also love about your business that you have a really specific niche and I'm sure that's probably one of the things that you lead with from the marketing angle is really having a, a target market, a specific um, niche. So talk to our audience who is all entrepreneurs, all business owners, people that are leaders and, and growing and evolving Oh, talk about the niche importance a little bit.
1: right and and how to get there too. And I think yeah. I think when you start your business, right? you're gonna try a lot of things and you're gonna see what fits. You might go into your business thinking, you know what? I really want to do marketing for wellness professionals, right? But you might try that and go, actually, this really doesn't work so well. Um, you know, I had the idea of nonprofits and small businesses, but it took a while to be, to realize what types of nonprofits were lighting us up. And what we realized when we talked as a team, the clients that were exciting us the most, we realized were in education in environmental and community work and in family support services. We realized those were the ones that we were having, you know, just the most passion about the most excitement about. So I think it takes time and you can always evolve it. Um, I think recently too, we've delved into doing um, some work in the mental health space, which has been really great, very important, very relevant now, yes. which you know I wouldn't have said three years ago when, when we did that. And when you're thinking about your niche, I would look at one, where are you needed? And two, where are you lit up the most? Where are you the most excited, you know, you as the CEO, but also your team, what is your team drawn towards? And then you can kind of piece that together and go, actually look at how many of these types of clients that we've done and we've done the work really well. Our clients have been happy and it's been really fun. Mm -hmm.
0: So what keeps you going outside of the actual work and being lit up by the client and the actual work what makes you tick? What makes you get out of bed in the morning and, and keep going through challenging times?
1: Yes, you know, that is a really good question. And I think this year is a really big year to reflect on that. So again, I, I, I don't want to say I'm an accidental entrepreneur. It, I just wasn't the kid that knew from a really young age. Mm-hmm. Once I got into it, I'm like, this is what I'm doing, right? I felt like I'm really good at this. I like doing this. And, and the other thing is, is I, I know what my strengths are and I know where I need to pull people in to support me, which I think is so, so important of an entrepreneur. And so for me, I feel like, you know, circling back to what's my purpose? Why am I doing this? um, You know, and, and pure and simple, we're doing this because we're working with organizations that are impacting lives across the board, right? We, we changed our tagline in the last few years to empowering positive change. And that means you can be a business, you can be a nonprofit, you can be any type of organization, but you're mission driven, right? You're mission minded. And so again, it might be transitional housing for women and children. It might be Um, you know, free, um, free counseling for people, you Mm -hmm. know, free legal services for people. But we're working with people that are making life change. So we could talk all day long about marketing and how great that is. And it lights my team up. But at the end of the day, what motivates us is like, we're helping people reach out to other people that is, that will change their lives. And I think for me particularly, that's really impactful when we look at our educational clients, you know, um, I come from a family of educators. So seeing the impact of what education can do and access to education, um, helping organizations that are making education accessible is really, really important
0: yes and and everything as you said keeps changing and you keep on changing and you keep evolving and your team and your company and when you can lead with, with a purposeful mission like empowering positive change right it just it it all starts to really make sense it really does right
1: right it does and it and and at the end of the day you know it's not about me i feel like there's certain things i can do I've got certain skills, right, that I can do to orchestrate and set this up that we're helping, you know, somebody launch a new website, right? Mm-hmm. That will help people gain access to healthcare um, or different things like that. But I'm kind of like, I've got that skill set that I can that I can step in and my team can step in and help in that time. And, you know, that's that's great work, you know, when you choose again, at the beginning of all of this, when I started my business, I didn't have my son and now my son is um, eight and a half. So I had him about three years in, Mm -hmm. but to, when you're doing your work, you know, that's outside of your family or your passion or other things. So to be able to do work that you really love and really drives you, um, I think some people would say it's a privilege, but I think everybody should try to strive for that. Right. Like to, one, as as business owners, right, are we plugging into what we love? Because let's face it, we are not just working 40-hour weeks.
0: Right. Um,
1: <laughs> and so are you really loving what you do? And then two, are you creating a place for your team and your employees and a culture that they really love what they're doing, they feel cared for, they feel feel respected? I think, that's been a huge thing this year, right? Like Mm -hmm. this is a really hard year. And I just have heard stories all across the map of really great places to work and really not great places to work throughout Mm -hmm. all of this.
0: And we were talking about that actually this morning and uh, we were talking about leadership and good employees and that people don't leave jobs. They leave, they leave You know, poor leaders, right? They leave bad leaders. And we were having a whole discussion around that, you know, right, wrong, or different. And what do you think? And it's so true that when you really do love what you do as a CEO, how that can really radiate and with your team. It can just, it, it just is a ripple, the ripple effect, right? So, how do you, with, I don't wanna say work life balance, but that's just what came out. But what are some disciplines that you have to make sure that you are present at home and present at work when you need to be in a COVID world?
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, I remember very early on when I decided to start my business, I was at some sort of a panel for entrepreneurs and, and they were talking about, you know, starting up your business. And one of the things that one person said was, well, I had a choice. I could quit my job and have no clients and work my way up, or I or, as this person shows, they worked nights, evenings, overnights, weekends to build up their business before they quit. And I decided then and there, I'm like, that would make me miserable. That will never work for me. So it was really funny in that instant I was like, I know I could never do that, right? Mm-hmm. That's I need. I'm an extrovert, right? So I love, spending time with family and friends. I love having that outside time. So I really do try to draw pretty hard boundaries on what's work time and what's not work time. Of course, Mm -hmm. there's always exceptions and sometimes things need to be urgent. But again, that's something I try to instill with my team. So if somebody on my team is like, hey, I prefer not to do Friday afternoon meetings because of XYZ, great, we won't do it. Right now, I've got people on my team with young kids Uh It's better for them to take calls during nap time. So we're going to schedule those client calls with really important clients. We're going to schedule that during nap times. So um, being very clear about what works. And I think it also goes to what works for you as an individual, right? Like, are you more on in the morning? Are you more on in the afternoon? Uh Um, And playing with it. I'm sure you've seen this tool. I talk about this all the time, but Michael Hyatt's your ideal work week
0: Uh
1: is an excellent tool. I redo that basically seasonally or quarterly whenever there's a shift. Right. And there's been a little bit more this year throughout quarantine and COVID of having to shift it more often, right. but sitting and going, these are all the things that have to happen. Where is it happening? And is this actually working? Um, and one of the most recent things I did, because I feel like in today's world, there's so many of those personal tasks that are really pesky Uh And I've made Friday my pesky task day. Right. All the small, little, easy, I bump those all till Friday. And I knock off what I can off the list. And what doesn't get done gets bumped to the next week. So it gives me the focus, Uh um, you know, earlier in the week to make sure I'm getting the big lifts done.
0: Right. Well, and it also gives you the space to know that you have some time to do it. The whole time, you know, I'm a huge fan of time blocking too. And it's just if you know that you have time to do it, then it just makes sense in your brain differently. It feels lighter. It doesn't feel as anxious, right? And I always love on social media, you're fabulous on social media. And I always love when I see you doing your blocking and your calendar planning and all of the different groups that you're involved in that really help you and support you through that. Because like you said, you really have to do that not it used to be every season, right? You know, like right. and around the season. it might season. be every two weeks. Right. Now it's like, okay, this is the new plan. This is the new plan. What does this look like? And there's just so much power in mapping it out.
1: And I think what you're referring to is I love um, I'm getting ready. This will be my fourth year going into using it, is um cultivate what matters. I use their power sheets, and it's a goal planner. So yeah. it's not a planner planner, it's a goal planner. And I will tell you the first. 20 to 40 pages are like a coach in a book, right? Um, walking you through what you love, what really lights you up. And mm-hmm. I can look at my planner this year in the crazy year that it has been and actually go of the eight goals I set out at the beginning of the year, I've hit four or five already. Amazing. Um, and you would never think that, but you set them up at the beginning of the year you check on it weekly, you check on it monthly and you do a quarterly reset. So just like I reset that schedule, I've reset, I've looked at those goals and I've tweaked
0: them twice already this year. Right. So how do you normally block the time for that? Is that like a personal retreat, a personal like, you know, staycation, like walk us through that because this has been reoccurring in a lot of the (laughs) sessions that I've been in and groups I've been in. Okay.
1: So what I typically do, so I'm a self-admitted type A person. I love, I love, I think my most favorite thing about owning a business is business planning and visioning and going, great, here's the plan and the vision. And then here, and then I get super into Excel spreadsheets, like to like plan out the numbers with it. It's, I, I don't know why. I'm a I'm I'm a type A creative so I'm a creative person but I just love being in and mapping it out and so for me I really like to block out time in early December and I sit down and I go through that goal planner and in that goal planner I've got work goals mm-hmm. I've got personal goals um and can, and it can all blend together and so you really take a dedicated time you take a couple of days and I'm actually thinking about that How am I going to do that this year? Because last year I went, they had an in-person conference. This year they actually have a day conference they'll do virtually. But I'm like, how am I going to manage that at
0: home? Right. To Um, make it feel like it's that special time, right? Like it's that
1: special time. Yeah. To Mm -hmm. get away. So I might even just go to a hotel in Baltimore and just sit (laughs) down and do it. But you do that big work at the beginning, but then you have every, and I can actually show you here. I have every month you have what is like your tending list. Yes. So I kind of have a list of the things that I wanted to do. I should be checking this off weekly, but I haven't been, but I can look at this and go, great, we did this, we did this, um, I'm working on these different things and you can chart your progress. So you have monthly you look where you are and what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And weekly you go, all right, am I on track? And then I love the opportunity every quarter, right? Mm-hmm. Do a refresh. Yes. Maybe your goals some of them are done. Some of our some of them are irrelevant, and maybe you have new ones. And so, um, I would say definitely this year there were, were I missed more months than others, but mm-hmm. still plugging back into that quarterly time. And I would say the quarterly I definitely spend like, try to spend about a half day on that. Right. Um, but otherwise, I can look and I can prep for a month in an hour. Right. You know, they've got these great worksheets. Look at your goals. What small steps are you making towards them this month? Um, and and you can do it. And I have a, and I have an accountability group with it too. So I have three other um, business owners that I'm with and we talk about it. And that really helps.
0: There is so much power in that. And I am always telling everyone out there, if you don't have your outlet, find it. Because there's so many different resources out there. And, you know, it's just, it's powerful and productive and it's a safe zone to really hold you accountable. So, um, and it gives you almost that formula for success, right? So when you don't hit the goals or you have to change the goals, talk about the emotion behind that. Do you ever beat yourself up, feel guilty? You know, are you down on yourself? Do you snap out of it? Like what's your kind of uh, rebound, I'd say?
1: That's such a great conversation for this year, right? Because I know we had it into this year. We had our biggest year ever last year. We were going to grow this year. Right. We had so many cash flow, right? Like it was just the team had synced up. Like everything was just awesome. Mm -hmm. And then you have COVID happening. And what's the first thing people cut out of their budgets? Marketing. They cut marketing before they cut people's hours. So I think that's, been a, that's certainly been a challenge. We're probably at about 60% of what we were last year. Mm-hmm. But the way I look at it, and this is based on years of practice. I work with a CFO every month. And she's like, well, if you don't hit your goal for each month, it's fine. You just revise your budget forecast for later on, whether you're above or below goals. So for seven years, I've been revising a budget forecast every month. So going into this year, thankfully, I had the skills to know, well, we're going to throw the budget forecast out of the window. We're going to do a new one for this year, and our monthly meetings are going to be that much more important this year. So really that practice of letting go and taking the pressure off of myself to hit those numbers because I'm the business development person. So if we're not hitting sales numbers, that falls on me, right? So learning to give myself a lot of grace with that. And if I hadn't been practicing that before this year, this year I think would have been a lot harder. But knowing that sometimes there are things beyond your control um, Mm -hmm. that go up and down. And we had, which again, I love looking back at life and going, so that thing back there was really preparing me for this. We had a big project in back in 2017, signed on the dotted line um, it was a government project, mm-hmm. and they saw the proposed federal budget and they were like, uh, yeah, never mind. We're gonna cut this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was it was two projects and it was eighty thousand dollars in the last six months of our, mm-hmm. our year. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Again, pointing to working with the CFO, that government work was more than 50% of our revenue for the whole year, those two projects three years prior. And so we kept going make it less of the pie. So we were able to survive. And again, there was a year where I had to go through and had to go, all right, what's like, what's our bare minimum, right? Let's Mm -hmm. just keep swimming, keep swimming. And so really for the rest of 2017, it was keep swimming. And so Mm -hmm. that experience has given me this year to keep swimming, right? And keep looking at it and to go I will say there's one thing certainly about this year is I'm not the only one in that boat. So Mm -hmm. it feels a little less lonely Mm -hmm. um, in that boat that so many business owners are just shifting and pivoting and innovating and, you know, coming up with new and innovative things. But again, I think it's, you look at the track record of, of practices you've put in place and habits. And I think giving yourself grace is so mm-hmm. huge as a business owner, mm-hmm. especially for people that are really driven people. I don't know, if, have you read that article? I'm, I'm kind of obsessed with it, but it, ta- it was the one, your surge capacity is deleted.
0: I haven't. It. depleted.
1: Have oh, it was talking about why this situation is really hard, particularly for type A's or overachievers, because we're used to setting a goal doing the steps and hitting our goal. Right. Right. But this year there's so much out of our control Mm -hmm. and for people that are very driven, something that you're good at all of a sudden is gone. Right. Right. So I'll send that to you, but it was, it really resonated with me and it was a great lesson. It was like, look, you can't win all the time.
0: (laughs) Right. But I love the words that you're using there. And you said it a couple times, practicing you know, practicing grace and practicing this. It just, it's not a flip of a switch. It's almost like that conditioning, you know, like, like working on that muscle to make yourself a little stronger through every situation. And, you know, you and I, well, you started your business in 2009. I had my former company in 2008 and, you know, we start, you go through the recession, right? You go through the 2008, you know, economic downturn and then COVID happens. There will be something else, right? There will be something else. Who knows what it is? We, we probably can't even like, you know, understand what it is today, but there will be something. Yep. I mean, it'll be something 10 years from now that will be conditioned and better and stronger and because we're practicing, right? And you don't have to get it perfect. You just have to keep on practicing and give yourself great. So I love how you said that. Yeah. And I
1: like what you said too about practicing and not having it be perfect. You know, one of the, one of the things that I love um, thinking again, from a problem solving perspective or thinking from, you know, that there really is, there's mistakes in businesses, right? And there's lessons learned, but that helps you become better. And again, back to losing this large project Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, I stopped and I looked and I said, we're never going to be able to grow to the size I want to grow with small projects of one-off projects. We need longer term relationships with clients because we're already doing multiple projects, but it's coming in and out as the year goes on. We need a consistent relationship. So coming coming out of that year, I thought we need to have monthly meetings with our with our regular clients. We need to look at 12 months and say, we're going to do six print projects for you for six months, or we're gonna help you every month with your digital marketing, writing content and doing your social. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you know, it was that lesson that came out of that year yes. that set us up coming into this year with 12 month contracts. Yes. If I didn't have six and 12 month contracts heading into this year when the bottom fell out in March, yes. it'd be a very different story. So mm-hmm. I can look back and say, not only did I learn the practice and the hard work, but something that was a direct result, a shift in my business. My business was good, but if I didn't have that shakeup, right. I wouldn't have evolved mm-hmm. to this point, and that's how we've survived
0: this year. Absolutely, and you know, at the time, it feels like a punch in the gut, right? It oh feels- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, somebody just took all of the air out of my body. How did that happen? Why did that happen, right? And you go through that kind of thing, like that feeling. And I remember when you were restructuring. I remember when you were working on it. And you really, like, that's what I've always admired, admired about you is your kindness, A. And you are so deliberate and so focused and hardworking and you really have those disciplines and those boundaries and that focus that just, it's just, it's just, there's so many great qualities that are just, you're so smart too. It's like a Thank you. That's very, that's very nice.
1: You know, I always, I always really look back. I always like to say, I, I'm very por- fortunate that I have the parents that I have, right? Like I have amazing parents. Um, I've, I've termed it like, they just were. They just led by example, mm-hmm. um, you know. And we, we went to church, and that was wonderful and great. But they also put so much in practice, right? Mm-hmm. They taught us how to save our money, to give our money. Mm-hmm. They taught us how to volunteer from a young age, right? Like mm-hmm. I was doing volunteer work with them, probably in elementary school and middle school, right. like before it was like required. And so when you have that type of a foundation. Um, And also responsibility. Again, I was the oldest. I had three younger brothers. So I was taught responsibility at a very young age. And so all of that stuff, I really think about my parents. And I think about I went to an all women's liberal arts college. Mm -hmm. And I think about those two components. And those two components are basically what gives me the confidence. Um, One time I was going to this meeting. And I thought I was going to be like a small group. And I literally walk into a boardroom with 20 people. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to give a little bit of a fancier presentation. Right. You know, but it's given me the confidence to go, okay, here's the situation. Here's how we're going to adapt to it. And here's how we're going to do it. And, and, and not everybody has the fortune of, of those great foundations. Um, but you can always, always learn from something really crazy that happens and i think it's important again don't beat yourself up about it so sometimes we're going to make decisions in business we think are going to work out well and they might not you know so whether that's with a client or whether that's with a team member or an employee um all of those things are are they'll happen right and the difference is that you get back up and you say okay here's where we could have done better and let's move on i'm i'm a very big I'm a very big proponent of when there are mistakes, when there are different things, you own up to it. You say, here's how we could have done differently. And then you move on,
0: Mm -hmm. right?
1: You can't
0: Mm -hmm. stay stuck there. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So many good nuggets of information here. I love your problem solving the question of just what's next, uh, you know, all of the empowering positive impact. So let's end on a couple of fun notes here. What's your favorite uh business book? Your favorite business book re- recommendation.
1: You can have a My couple. favorite business book recommendation. Um, I would say I've done I've done a lot of listening. I uh disclaimer, I listen to business books. Okay. If I try I to it. read them like business it. if I try to read them like fiction, I fall asleep. Yeah, um <laughs> I really love I really love the Being Boss book. I think it's two or three years old. I love the Being Boss book. I love the Being Boss podcast because I started listening to that maybe 6 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um and what I loved about it that really resonated it with me was you know who you are, you know what your strengths are. Right. Now go go create your business and go do your thing and awesome. don't worry about the constructs of how business is supposed to be and it was a very early podcast but it was kind of about like the new professionalism right like everybody doesn't have to walk into a room with a suit right but everybody can walk into a room and be respectful and treat other people kindly and look them in the eye and follow up and different things like that and i was yeah. just like great this feels really good and so their what i like about their book is it has a lot of hands-on activity. So there's an activity you can go through there and you can figure out your values, right? Wow. Like you can sit down and go, what are your core values? How does that reflect in your business? You can sit down. I think they have another one. Um, it's the chalkboard exercise. And you can say, this is the amount of money I want to make this year. Let's divide it up by quarter right. and let's divide it up by projects. And right. that's such a valuable tool. It's great. Um, so it's like a book, but it right. also has worksheets.
0: Yes, I love it. I love it. So uh, what is next and what can we do for you? How can we help you, Rebecca, and help Red Start? Um, Any big asks here, anything that we can help you with? Gosh, what is
1: next? Well, I'm in a coaching group and our assignment was, what's your next big idea? And I'm like, oh, I feel like I just did two of them, right? Like, um, so we are are playing around with, we do so much work with nonprofits. We're kind of playing around with, you know, maybe a partner with um, a fundraising consultant because that could be a value add for our client. And so it's very interesting. I felt like I had arrived at a place that I knew and then I got pushed a little, right? And of so course.
0: yes, we're great.
1: playing around with this. The other thing we're doing this year is typically every other year we do what we call our jumpstart for pro bono. So we'll do a full rebrand for a baby nonprofit, like a one to three year old nonprofit. Um, this year that kind of flew out the window and we're just doing free consulting calls with nonprofits. So, Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and if they're stuck, if they don't know where to go next. So I am always happy to hop on the phone with anybody. That's Mm -hmm. just really a way that we feel we can help this year. Um, and, and help people get over the fear and help them just get a push to move forward. Mm -hmm. Right. There's always something you can be doing in marketing. It doesn't have to be a huge, massive budget, but there can still be small strides absolutely um, small strides that they're doing so i mean i think that's really just just to spread the word i'm really happy to help and we have a ton of free resources including we revamped our e course earlier in the year which is get started in marketing so it's a diy marketing course with worksheets so that's great that's, that's great just whatever i can do to help people this year that's what i'm really most i think that's really my role right yeah. how we can all help each other just move forward.
0: And we will be sure to drop the um, intro call or, or the, um, uh, the reach that you have to help nonprofits in the notes and any other resources that you've mentioned, just send to me and I'll be sure to drop them so the audience can access them and gain them here. And I can't thank you enough for being here. I just always love our time together. I know we don't get to see each other as much, but I'm really glad we had this time today. And thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and sharing just your knowledge. It's amazing.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It was so fun. I always feel when I get off of these calls or these, you know, I'm like, yes, I'm going to go do it today. I'm going to go conquer the world. So I think it's really good to have these conversations and for business owners, just to reach out, connect, and share this year because more than ever, I think we're all really in this together. And Mm -hmm. I think putting our brains together and supporting each other is awesome.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Rebecca, Tafe, you are awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Bye. Wow, what an episode. Did you learn something new? I hope so. I am so happy you were able to be here with us today. I'd love to hear from you leave me a review and I will be sure to read it and respond to you. Also, if you'd like to email me, my email address is urock at iEvolveConsulting.com. Hit subscribe and every Tuesday you'll get notification when the next episode drops. We really have some amazing interviews and tips in the future anything you need, I'm here for you. I want you to keep your momentum. I want to help you stay accountable. I want you to stay inspired. I want you to evolve. So please let me know what you need and I'd love to hear from you. Take care until next time.